coaches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquardt. And Sandra Garcia here. Today we have Kailani Joy joining us today. She has over a decade of experience providing highly effective marketing and communication solutions for companies around the world. Kailani has met her goals when her teams become so efficient, inspired, and focused and productive. They truly enjoy sharing their brand. She has transformed PR and marketing strategies for teams all across the globe, working in each new place to uphold her values of supporting local businesses, contributing positively to the global community, and empowering clients towards both personal and environmental sustainability. We're so grateful that you could join us today, Kailani. Well, it is an honor. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just me knowing a little background on your story, I was hoping you could start us off in telling us how all of this got started, like where your passion met your profit in marketing. Like what was that crossroads moment for you? Definitely. So I think there were multiple crossroads for me, but I think I realized from a young age that I enjoyed telling stories and I enjoyed getting people really excited about a project or a cause, whether it was a fundraiser at school or and raising money in college for some sort of program abroad, I really enjoyed sharing something I believed in. So I took that to heart and created a business from it. But the crossroads, I think, happened probably around the same time in college when I, I had to choose between continuing these vagabond lifestyle abroad and, and traveling and learning about other cultures or coming back to the Bay Area and starting a career. So I think life would have been a lot different if I would have chosen to continue traveling. I, I had seen a lot of the world by the time I was 18. So I think I felt that I, I was ready to come back and see what I could bring back to the Bay Area where I grew up. So I decided to do that. And that's when I started in spirit. And I chose to start a consulting company because I wanted to help more than just one business. I was working for a software company at the time as a marketing manager. I had sold myself into the position by promising that I was a sponge and that you know I was talking directly to the CMO in this interview and I had just gotten out of college. And I said, look, I know that I don't know everything, but I know that I will learn from you. I will ask questions and I'm a quick learner. So you won't have to tell me twice and I will make sure that I hit all of the goals that we set and so on and so forth. So anyways, I got the job. It was way above what I should have gotten. But from there, I started getting other offers for other companies and to be their marketing manager. And I realized, okay, well, I don't want to have to choose. So I need to create an umbrella, some sort of way that I can help multiple people at the same time and, and be able to use these transferable skills that I have because marketing is, is one of those skills that you can use for a variety of industries. So I created in spirit and I wanted to have a way um, to be able to, to help nonprofits, for profits. I was really trying to get into green companies and environmental projects and they didn't pay a lot at the time. This was mid 2000s and uh, they weren't getting a lot of investment, but they certainly were getting a lot of attention. So I, um, and I had always really believed in creating a sustainable community and something that we were proud of and a way that we were helping mother earth. So that was my passion, but I knew that I needed some funding from those, those good software and tech companies. So I think my profit, when I realized that I could use those same skills, those marketing skills to create an income for myself, but also support companies that may not have the highest revenue, but they were doing, you know, a lot of good for our world. 
I think that's awesome. And to one of the very first sentences that you said, you were talking about like helping to extract that story. And I think that that's so important that whether you're talking about brands, whether you're talking about personal brands, whether you're talking about people that, you know, are kind of in the position of being a solopreneur, I think that not enough people understand that they have a story exactly where they're at right now. And you have the opportunity to communicate that. And in communicating to that, you can actually attract your ideal client, whatever that might look like for you. And I think that for anybody listening right now, one of the big takeaways that I want to encourage you to consider is what is my story with where I'm at in the journey? And oftentimes people will overlook that because they feel that they haven't hit the destination or the goal of where they want to go. But I think that it's important to always note that yes, you're always changing. Yes, you're always evolving. But there are stories and there are different milestones at each part of your journey and your story that you can share and that are worthy of sharing. Completely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think remaining really present in what part of your story you're at and being very grateful for everything that you've experienced to date because it's made you who you are. I mean, I, I truly can say that I don't regret anything in my life. And I think I've had to accept that, that, that it's actually really powerful that I can say that, that every experience, negative or positive, has been a part of my creation and, you know, it's allowed me to be able to maybe connect with someone that I, I wouldn't have been able to had I not gone through something really challenging. And, you know, so I think when we look at our lives that way, as if everything happens for a reason, truly it was, well, yes, yeah, we did get a flat tire and we did have to pull over on the side of the road and we, it was raining. Yes. However, the man that helped us ended up being someone that we needed to connect with or we needed to share a story with or show him that although this happened to us, that we were still going to smile and laugh about it while we're getting the job done. And then he was going to go and take that message on to the next town that he was going to or the next group of people he was around to show people, hey, I just saw this couple who got pulled over in the rain and they would change a tire and it was crazy, but they were laughing. Can you believe that? And you never know how many people he could impact by just witnessing that. So I think we're really, we're powerful human beings. And I think that's something also that I want to get across to people is not only do our words have power and our actions, but our purchases have a lot of power. And so I think that's also what I like to do within Spirit is create this network of projects that give back. So there are all these products in the world that aren't just clothes and shoes and accessories, but they're, they're items that... These people have created these companies around, you know, you buy a pair of shoes, I will donate a pair of shoes. And yes, Tom's is amazing and it's gained huge momentum. And I'm so proud of the man behind that story and the company and all of that and what they've done. But there are so many other companies like that that are give backs or one for ones. And I think that us as consumers, we have so much power with what we purchase and where we use our money that it tells a story as well. So I like to use in spirit for that as well and and show people about some of these projects they may not have heard of. And, you know, I see in the future it getting much larger and, you know, people able to find projects from all over the world that have been vetted that people can can actually put their funds towards and feel good about it. You know, it it's, can be a ministry for them or a philanthropic part of their life that maybe they couldn't do before. So you definitely do spread that joy and that light everywhere you go. And you said something that was super important, that not only do your words have power, but your purchases have power. And that's a really good perspective to sit in when you're making decisions on what you should invest in and like, and where your dollars are going, right? So I was just curious, like, I know what a passionate human being you are. Like, where is this passion coming from? And like, why does this all matter to you? 
Well, I mean, I come by it, honestly. <laughs> I come from a very, a very passionate, joyful, happy, wonderful family. And we grew up with, I mean, our little nucleus, my dad woke us up singing and, you know, speaking about having an attitude of gratitude. So for me, the fact that that's one of the key messages that I share with people, I mean, I have a hashtag called feeling that attitude of gratitude and I use it quite often. And I have friends that use it when they call me because they connect it to me. And, and that came from my papa or, you know, and a lot of my family. So I think, you know, I was very blessed to be born into that environment. And so from there, I could only really go up and, and choose how I wanted to continue living my life after I left home. And I personally made choices to continue that positivity. And I think I went through a challenging health experience when I was younger. I mean, I had stomach pain for 15 years and everyone just said it was IBS and you know, there was never really a, a clear solution. I just had to live with it. So finally I was in college and the nutritionist there at, at the university of Oregon, she suggested that I take gluten out of my diet. Early 2000s had no idea what gluten was. I had to look it up. So I finally stopped eating wheat, barley, rye, and I did it for a day. That next day, I was sitting in lecture and I sat up for the very first time without pain in my stomach and I just, tears started flowing. I mean, I didn't realize what it would feel like to not have pain. And so I think because I had lived for so long feeling that constant stabbing pain, I'd gotten used to it. And then those days that I would wake up were grateful when I was feeling good and super cognizant of my body and, and it would take for my mind to counteract what my body was feeling. So, okay, well, my body's not doing so much of the work right now. It's actually not feeling so well. So my mind's going to need to help it. <laughs> and I'm going to need to tell myself that I'm doing great. And, you know, I'm going to need to fake it till I make it. So I did that for many, many years. So I think when I finally started to feel better, it was like, I was able to conquer the world. I was on cloud nine because I finally didn't have something constantly weighing me down in the background. So I think my passion just, it continued to grow from there. But yeah, I think once you have something that you've been struggling with for a long time and you're able to either work through it or you know find a solution to it, I think it gives you even more hope that that's possible in all areas of your life. So That's awesome. And so I know from kind of what we talked about before in regards to stories, I know that there's a lot of people listening who might be wondering like about their story or how to best communicate that. Do you have any insight or tips on people who are just kind of starting to venture down that road of starting to communicate, you know, maybe as their true authentic self, you know, do you have any tips that can support them in communicating that story? That's a, it's a great question. I think what really helped me in the past, the past few years was choosing to focus a little bit less on the resume aspect of my story. So, you know, what I have done, how much money I've made, where I've been, all of these things that are really, they're interesting, but I was trying to turn my focus more towards my eulogy story. You know, what would I want people to remember about me? What would I want people to talk about if I were to pass away? And this was one of my professors, you know, in my graduate program encouraged us to do this in a leadership class. And it was hugely valuable. He made us write our own eulogy, which sounds very morbid, but was very, very powerful. And so I think from there, I started to transition into focusing more on my eulogy on a regular basis. And so I think I would encourage people that if they're going through their life and they're trying to think of where to start or how to either embrace their most authentic self would be to take it back to those values and identify what are those values to them that they would want people to remember them by, or they would want people to identify them as, and that are more aligned with a eulogy than a resume. 
That's awesome. And I love that advice. And it's funny because sometimes Sandra and I will do different talks or speeches with different like corporations. And so we were talking a couple weeks ago about her doing one at Adobe. And she was like, do you think I should have them write their eulogy? And I'm like, wait, what? Like you're going into this first time audience. Like, I don't know if that's the best approach. I'm like, why would you do that? And so she started explaining it to me similar from how you just explained it. And I think that I'll let her unpack that a little bit more, but I think that there is so much value in beginning to think about things like that and putting that in perspective to where you're not just talking about like, look at the achievements that I have, but it's more about like, who am I as a person? What do I stand for? And what do I want to be remembered for? Exactly. Yes, I love that. And as I was having this conversation with Kailani, because it sprouted from a chat we had at a coffee shop when we first met, she's like, you know, maybe you should buy them a drink. It's like the first date. And so to my defense, I feel like I have created such an incredible tribe at Adobe and and I have a great brand and built so much rapport. But yes, yes, I agree. There's definitely a process of getting warmed up to, to do something like, you know, writing your eulogy. But it offers such incredible perspective. Like when I started doing hospice work, it was that facing death that brought me to life the most. And so being able to look at your life through the eyes or the words of your eulogy, as opposed to your resume, you start making decisions differently, right? Not based on what they're going to look like, but what they're going to feel like. What intentions do you have? What impact are you trying to leave on the world? And what's your legacy? So that is an incredibly powerful tool. And I love how you were talking about aligning them with their values. If you align with your values, then everything you create will come out of a place of authenticity. And one of your values, you were talking about this earlier, and I wanted to go back to it because you had walked us through a really cool exercise that I wanted you to walk us through again was and is gratitude, right? Like even when you were battling with the stomach pain for 15 years, you woke up every day and you were grateful. And it was a mindset and it's something that you've cultivated over a long period of time. And all of a sudden the pain's gone and you're like, wow, I'm on top of the world. Like, I feel great. Now your mind's aligned with your body's aligned with your soul. So can you tell us a little bit about the gratitude exercise that you had walked us through just a couple weeks ago? Definitely. Yeah. Well, there's a few. If I had to do some, you know, what are my favorite analogies or exercises in both professional and personal? But yeah, the gratitude one is wonderful. And it's something that, gosh, we can do at any point in our life, any point of our day, just to snap us out of whatever thought process we're in if we don't feel like it's serving us. So the five things to me, I think is really easy and something that we can keep in our our toolkit. But it's, it's in those moments where maybe you're sitting in traffic or you are driving and someone cuts you off or you're running late for a meeting or you spilt coffee and you know all of these little things that happen on a regular basis that we could so easily get frustrated with and it's in these moments that we have a choice we could a continue that frustration continue that anger or sadness or whatever we're feeling in that moment or we could take another route to end up at our final destination and so i feel like that in order to take that new route you should it's helpful to think of things that you're grateful for. So I like to tell people to tell me five things right now that you're grateful for. And what it does is it just kind of, you know, it short circuits that negative emotion that you're drowning in in that moment. So if you're angry, it short circuits that anger. I mean, because it, you know, that negative emotion will only last for 90 seconds. And if you trigger it again, you'll feel it again. But if you think something else, it will dissipate. And so 
if you were to be really angry and you say five things you're grateful for, it'll take you more than 90 seconds, probably, unless you're a speed talker. But you know, it will help to redirect your attention and put you in a different mindset. And it's so easy to do. But and not only does it, it takes some time to build up to it, but it becomes so second nature that it can be your natural go-to. And when it does, I mean, when gratitude is your natural state, you're winning. I mean, life is so good. No matter what happens, you still are solid. You know, you still at your core, you are, you're feeling good. You know that, okay, yeah, that happened. And gosh, that sucks. But you know, there's got to be a reason for it. I'm so grateful that there's, there's a lesson in here somewhere. I'm going to look for that lesson rather than just, again, sitting and sulking in whatever experience my emotions want me to go to right now. So I love the five things. My other favorite one is when we talk about balance and maintaining balance in our life is thinking of your life like a bicycle wheel. And I think, you know, if we were to look at, and we were talking about values and eulogy values, if we were looking at our bicycle wheel and each of those spokes as a value of our life, what would they be first off? So for me, I think it's probably my health, my family, spirituality, my connection with nature, you know, so these are things that allow me to thrive. And if one spoke or one value is not getting enough attention or it's not long enough, my bicycle wheel isn't going to be completely round and thus my bike is going to feel wobbly. I am going to feel wobbly. And so I like to wake up in the morning and kind of check in. How's my wheel looking? You know, <laughs> what are my spokes doing? You know, do I need to give some more love and attention to one or the other? And, and again, I, maybe it's because I'm a visual person. And when I visualize something like that, I can actually see, oh, okay, if I adjust this or if I just take some time to go for a walk and think about this or feel this, you know, I think I'll feel a little bit better. But um, those are two things that, that really helped me in my life. And I've, I've seen them help family and friends and strangers. I love that. So you might have already answered this, but what popped into my head as you were talking is what's one of the things that you do every day without compromise that kind of adds to your overall success? happiness, health. Yeah. Just practicing gratitude for not only what I experienced that day, but where was I a year ago where I am now and, you know, the journey that I've had to go through to get there. And I think you and I've talked about this, but I can't get in. I just haven't, I don't know. I haven't had the discipline to get into a meditation practice, but for me personally, I have to be outside at least once a day. And I think that is my form of meditation, going for a walk and communing, really communing with nature and being able to take, if I could just take a few deep breaths and look at the sun for a little bit, I feel 10 times better. So I think when I do that, I naturally go to a place of gratitude because it's what I do in my downtime. And, and I think it allows me to just continue through my day at that higher frequency, at the frequency that I like living in. And that's just a personal choice too. I mean, I think some, everyone gets used to living at a different level or living in a, a, their own headspace. And I choose this headspace that is gratitude filled because it makes me feel full. But everyone is different and everyone chooses differently. And I think, gosh, that's a big key. I mean, we all have choice. We're very, very lucky in this country to have such a freedom of choice and we just need to choose wisely. Yes, I agree with that. And also that it's a practice, just like a meditation practice, gratitude is also a practice. And so there's days where you may not feel grateful and you have to dig a little bit deeper. And there's days where you're feeling super high vibration and you're grateful for everything. But it's the practice of doing it regardless of how you're feeling that will raise your vibrational state, like you said. And, and it is a choice and there's so much 
power in, in choosing, like you get to choose happiness. It's the power of choice that we all have and a responsibility that we get to choose where we want to quote unquote live (laughs) and the frequency that we want to vibrate at. And some days it's not as easy as others, but it's just that intention and that repetition that will help. And we were just having this conversation, Adam and I, with another podcast interviewee, and they were talking about meditation and it coming in different forms where her meditation was sitting down for an hour and his meditation was playing the guitar. And like your meditation is being outside in nature and getting refueled by the sun. So being aware of like, what do you need? What works for you? And setting an intention, making it a point to prioritize the things that are going to keep you full for you to continue to do what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you made a good point too, you know, that some days it's a little harder to reach for those things to be grateful for. But also, I mean, I think we talked before about the four agreements and, you know, the fourth one is just try your best. You know, So I think if you're just feeling like you can't find things to be grateful for, or, you know, you really don't want to focus on your eulogy virtues, or you just don't want to do any of the self-help stuff, you know, just try your best. And that effort to even think about things like that should be recognized that you are trying to be a good human being. I, you know, I was just writing something about that lately, because at the very least, if we just try to be good humans, we're going to do well. Yeah. And just thinking back to what both of you said about how sometimes the feeling might not always be there. It always reminds me back to, ironically, when I got married, one of the things that we said in our wedding and that a lot of other people will say is they'll bring up the Bible verse where it's like, love is patient, love is kind. You know, it does not envy, does not boast. It is not proud. Like, and it'll go through the whole thing. But what's interesting is all of those things are verbs, right? It doesn't necessarily say like, Hey, love feels good. You know, it says it is patient. And so if you remember that it's not always about how you feel, but it's about the action that you put behind it. You know, there's a lot of days where I don't feel like going to the gym, but I know that it's aligned with the goal or the outcome that I want. And so I push through that. And for all intents and purposes, I stay in integrity with what I said I was going to do. You know, I said that this was my goal this is what I'm going to do. And Sandra and I had a long conversation earlier this morning about what it means to truly stay in integrity with yourself. And, you know, one of the interesting things that we found was that there's actually a Harvard study that Sandra, you'll have to correct me on the exact uh, stats, but it said that when you stay in integrity with yourself and what you say you're going to do, your productivity increases by what was it, 500%? 100 to 500. So basically twice over five times as much. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And what we were talking about is integrity is a huge value for us and what we're building. And so I'll stay in integrity with my clients. I'll stay in integrity with the people that I'm interacting with. And what it was pointing out and highlighting that you have to stay in integrity with yourself. And so I had to like stop and reflect on that for a little bit. I had this like aha moment where I'm like, I probably valued staying in integrity with my clients, sometimes more so than with myself. And so being aware of that, so I can be a more balanced individual and to be able to offer more because I'm getting what I need because I'm staying in with my word and there's trust that built. Like you're not only building trust with your clients, you have a relationship and a responsibility to build with yourself. And that's first and foremost. And so that was a big aha moment where I've done so much to get to where I'm at today. And like Kailani and I talked about my morning routine, just changing my life because it was the first time in my life where I put myself first. I'm a healer. I love to empower others. And that sometimes made me put myself second. 
And so now where I'm going, it's like, I have to, and I deserve to put myself first in order to continue to do the work that I'm doing on a bigger or grander like level. And yeah, it starts with integrity with self. Yeah. Gosh, I couldn't agree more. And sometimes in order to get to that place of integrity, you have to first accept vulnerability. You have to first accept what you've been through or some of your weaknesses and just address them head on. I don't think I fully embraced integrity as a value until I realized that I wasn't vulnerable with anyone. (laughs) I wasn't. And I had friends that would look at me and they're like, gosh, you're like Pollyanna. You're always positive and you're always happy. And when do you break? When are you ever real? And I'm like, I am real. This is me. And they're like, no, this can't be you. Like this isn't normal human being, you know, activities here. You're, you gotta be, you know. And so I realized though that I felt, I mean, I, I really truly felt that that's who I really was, but people didn't feel like they could be close to me because I wasn't sharing those small little minor moments that to me, they felt like little small blips in the road, but to people, those could have been moments where we could have connected. So, you know, I forgot something at home and I, gosh, I made me really sad that, you know, it made this, this, this and this happen. But because I didn't let it affect my day, I didn't feel like I needed to share it with people. But for those people, I could have connected. That could have been our bonding moment. So I didn't realize if I were a little bit vulnerable and shared some of my stories or some of myself or some of the things I've gone through, it made me closer with people. And I think people saw me as saw more of my integrity and felt I was more honest with them. And and so, you know, that took some owning, (laughs) but I just had it so backwards. I thought that if I always put my best foot forward and was always a positive version of myself, that it would be better for people. And come to find out, it made people feel as if I I was being less honest with them. That's awesome. And I love the vulnerability aspect because that's something that we've talked about on a lot of episodes here. Even with me, that's something that I have only recently stepped into was kind of sharing that side of things because growing up as a male, you're taught that vulnerability equals what? Weakness, Weakness. right? And so I think that the opportunity was to see that being vulnerable made you relatable. You know, being weak is weak, right? But once you're vulnerable, people can open up and see the side of you and they can see something in you that they feel or see or have experience in themselves. And suddenly there becomes rapport built, there becomes this bond built. And I mean, like even with me on my personal timeline, probably a week and a half ago, I shared like my story in video format. I've never shared this side of it. I've never opened up the way that I have before. And I shared this wholeheartedly just poured everything out and let everybody see kind of me, right? And I was so hesitant to put it out there just because right before you're about to do something big, like there'll be all sorts of things that try to stop you or try to come up. But like in your gut, I believe you always know if it's the right move. And I knew that it was the right move. So I put it out there and the overwhelming amount of like love and support and people that were like, I've been there. I get that. I know where it is. Like I'm there too. Like whatever it was, like I just got so much positive feedback and people who were like, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for speaking up about this topic or this. And for me, it was really cool to see because now people were seeing a side of me that they don't normally see. They normally see me in funny videos. They see me being sarcastic. They see me joking. But to see me like breaking down and not borderline, but like actually crying on video, like that was something where people were like, 
holy crap, like that's a side of you that I have felt, but like you, I internalized and I didn't share with anybody. And it was, you've got to always portray this, but sometimes that makes you feel alone. That makes you feel isolated. And so being able to open up and share those things, you know, you see how many other people are either where you used to be or they understand or they can relate to that journey. So I think that vulnerability is such a huge underutilized and under discussed and, and something that people need to understand and be able to press into more. Yeah, it's a strength, truly. You know, I think that once you're able to master it in a way that it doesn't consume you, it just fuels you. You know, I think that it is truly a strength. And equally, I think it's humility is a strength as well. So I think that's something else that we can grow into, into recognizing that it helps us. The more humble we are, the more that we are open to learning or being vulnerable. I think humility and vulnerability can go hand in hand. The stronger we can be for others and, and for ourselves. So good for you for putting that out there and for showing people that you you do have another side and that you can connect with so many others than, than you probably were before. So, Yes. Like you said, that vulnerability is power. Um, when you're able to walk out naked in the middle of a battlefield, it's like, that's how you know it's almost, it disarms the people that you're around and, and they're able to connect with you on, on a deeper level and they're able to the story might resonate that maybe something that they went through, maybe something that they're going through at this moment. And it gives them hope. It gives them that feeling that I'm not alone. And it creates that unity and that compassion and just that power in your truth. And this question kind of goes out to the both of you, but anyone that's listening to this and is having a hard time speaking their truth and being vulnerable, sharing their story, like what advice would you have for them? Well, I think it's really powerful to think about what you're going through, verbalize it to someone because it's, it's important to be able to share and be heard. But also, I think it's important to, to find a solution, to find a way through it. I think that sometimes we can sit in things for so long that we start to identify with a negative story, with something that has happened to us that becomes who we are. When I, I truly think that it can be a part of who we are, but we can build from it and we can grow through it. And so, you know, I would say for anyone struggling with something or struggling to maybe find a way to verbalize it first is sit in it and contemplate, you know, how it has transformed you or affected you. Find someone that you trust and work through it with that person and have them help you. If you, you know, it's hard to do on your own, have them help you find a way through it. But I truly feel like once we start to seek out why something happened to us or what we were meant to learn from it, we allow ourselves to let it go. We allow ourselves to move forward. And I mean, that's one of my own personal goals is constantly growing from things and letting them go and, and moving on and not necessarily forgetting them or, you know, it's definitely not sweeping them under the rug, but accepting, I guess, accepting so that you can learn from it and move forward. Yeah. And just to echo that and add on to that, I think that for one, I'll use this as a shameless plug to say, I think that it is important to have somebody to talk to that can help you work through stuff. And that's why getting a coach is so important. That's why Sandra and I do what we do and why we love working with people is because I spent most of my 20s where I was on my own and in my own head. And that was a dangerous place to live. And it wasn't until I started seeking help through mentorship, through coaches, through growing my tribe, like that's when I really started to thrive because I had accountability, I had support, I had people that could see my blind spots. And I think that all of those things are so important. And also in regards to speaking your truth, like you've got to know like, why am I doing this? 
right? Like, why am I even sharing this? And for me, when I put that video together and shared my story, it was because I knew that I was not alone on the journey. Like I wasn't alone in how I felt, how I felt through my twenties. And even, you know, a couple of years ago and a couple months ago, and even still sometimes today, like, and that's the thing I think that we forget is that we sometimes feel well, our, our circumstances are ours or who can relate or who can help. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And I think that while everybody's experience is their own and, and to your point, you know, I think that we need to acknowledge and accept where we are. I also think that you'd be surprised at the number of people who have felt the same way, have dealt with the same thing, have gone through the same emotions, have experienced some of the same things. Granted, it's in their own scenario, but it's like, it's not until you start to see the opportunity of by opening up, I'm going to attract more people into my sphere that either I can help or impact and empower or who, you know, maybe just need to know that they're not alone. And I mean, there are so many messages that I put out either on Instagram or on my personal Facebook profile where people are like, thanks, I needed this today. And it's funny because half the stuff that I post is usually a reminder to myself. And it's always funny to see who resonates with that in that moment. And so I think that it's important to speak your truth because there are other people who will align with that and you may actually inspire or empower them to speak their truth. And I mean, you know, we're talking about having this whole tribe of people that we're empowering and influencing. And it's like, at that point, it becomes the ripple effect. And for me, that was why I did it was because I knew that if I could share my story to help other people relate, that maybe they would share their story and then they'd share their story. And for me, it's like, if I can help one person, they might go out and help one person. And from there, it's like one becomes five, becomes 10, becomes a hundred, becomes a thousand. And you may never know, but it's about being able to put yourself out there and, and make yourself relatable and supporting others in where they are and honoring that. Drop the mic right there. Thank you. I think you've, you've touched on so many key points, you know, and it, you've brought it back to what we're doing here is we're sharing. We are, we are creating community between us. We are sharing our stories. We are finding ways that we identify with one another or with things we've gone through. And it's not only allowing us to learn more about each other, but about ourselves. And that's one of the goals in, in this life, I think, is to learn and grow and continue to be our best self. But community is key. And I think, again, for the longest time, I'm, I've been such an independent person my whole life. So I've always felt like, ah, yeah, I have friends, but I don't need, you know, I don't need that. I don't need anyone. I love having friends and I love having community, but I don't necessarily need it. But I mean, to your point, I think there is so much good that can come from sharing a message with the community and finding ways to connect and unite. So maybe I didn't feel that I needed that per se, but maybe there were people out there that needed me to connect with them, you know, and that can be a service of itself. And again, in this day and age what, that we're living in with so much technology and so much potential for distraction, I mean, as often as we can find ways to connect with people personally and intentionally, God, I say do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I find myself in the, in the line at the grocery store and I put my phone in my back pocket because I'm like, I'm going to be present here. I'm going to show the people in front of me, behind me, the checker that I'm here with them and that I want them to know that they matter. I want them to know that I'm grateful that they're here and that they're working and that I'm able to buy food from them. And you know, that the person in front of me, I, I want them to have a good day and I'm going to tell them that. And I think, again, that comes down to choice because it's so easy for me to catch up on my emails while I'm standing there 
And to lots of people, I mean, that's their downtime. And that is their time to do things like that. And those are strangers. So why would you need to be present with them? But to that, I say, I mean, those are the people we should try even more to be present with because you never know how you're going to affect them. You never know what that one smile or, you know, wish for a good day or thank you could do for them. It could be exactly what they needed. I mean, to your point, Adam, and your video, you could have touched someone who needed that in some really deep way, needed you know, to hear that message, to then be open and vulnerable with their family or friends or their community. And we just never know the impact that we have. So, you know, it's funny about you saying that I won't name names, but I actually had somebody that reached out to me from high school that like apologized. And he was like, Hey man, like, I just want to let you know, like, I'm sorry. And he said, I, you know, I wasn't that nice. He used other words, but he said, I wasn't that nice to you and some other people. And I just wanted to apologize for that. And for me in that moment, I knew that it was, that was more for him than me. Cause I, I didn't, I wasn't holding on to that. I, I had, it just didn't bother me. Like I, I wasn't holding on to that. But for me, that reminded me of like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Billy Madison, but when he makes the phone call and then the guy crosses them off the list, like people to kill, you just cross them off the list. That's what I was thinking about. Cause I was like, man, that's awesome that like it touched him enough that he wanted that inner peace of knowing that he kind of made that apology or, or made things right, at least in his mind and in mine, because I, I hold no resentment towards him. But it was just cool to see somebody like that be impacted. You know, somebody I haven't talked to in, I don't know, my calculator out, like over over a decade, basically. But it was cool to see that and, and have that kind of come out of nowhere. And I remember sending Sandra the screenshot. And I was like, wow, like, look at how this is reaching people. Because like, to your point, you never know what people need. You never know who's watching. You never know where they're at. And, you know, we've all probably heard it before and it probably sounds cliche about how like a simple smile could save someone's life. But I am a firm believer in that. Like Sandra and I joke, but we're not joking in the sense of like how like usually her, but sometimes me will walk down the street and just with this shitty grin across her face, looking like she's walking through spreading cheer with glitter and confetti down the street. Like that's what she does. And she said, people look at her like she's crazy, but you know, at the same time, she knows that that's just who she is and how she is. And you know, you're never certain on how that's going to affect or impact someone, but that's not for us to decide. But I think that there is so much importance in being that light and being that positive, radiant person that people can feed off of. And I just think, especially with where we are today as a society, like that is so needed and, and, Yeah, off my soapbox about that. But I think it's a huge point to touch on, you know, to echo what you said. Well, I mean, again, we have a choice. I mean, if we want to choose to go through life not helping people or being upset, I mean, sure, but we can choose to sprinkle kindness. You know, Sandra and I have talked about this before. It's free. Sprinkle it everywhere. You know, (laughs) throw it out like flower petals. It's it's honestly, it comes from us. I mean, the one thing that we have to control in this world, the one thing is us. You know, that's the only thing we can control. It kind of helps to simplify things, but our actions, our thoughts, our words. So give love whenever you can, if you can, if you feel empowered to. And also to your point, I mean, try not to make assumptions. I think that's that's one of the other agreements that I love is we never know what people are going through. We never know what just happened in their their life or their world. So if if someone drives past you and has this scowl, you know, smile at them. You never know what news they just got or oh, I try my best not to not to make assumptions. I think that's that's a big lesson that I had to learn. And I gave my husband an ultimatum the other day. I, I was trying to do like a, would you rather? And I said, okay, would you rather have RBF for the rest of your life <laughs> or have a permagrin? you know? <laughs> and he's like, so we're driving and he goes, you like this? 
And for the <laughs> five minutes, he has this crazy huge pomegranate. And you should have seen people's reactions as they were passing us. It was like this mixture of confusion and kind of fear because his grin did look kind of like a clown smile. But <laughs> I mean, if we think about it, I think I would probably rather have a smile, but... I think that's awesome. And next time, anybody listening, next time you're in traffic or something and somebody gives you the middle finger, just smile and wave at them because you can never be mad. Like you can't be in all of your fury and rage and flip someone off and then they turn and they look at you and they're smiling. You can't be mad at that point. It just, it's so stupid to be mad at that point. So you, then you feel dumb rather than reacting negatively and getting mad back at them. Just smile and wave and laugh because one, you never know what they're going through. But two, just what it's going to do to them is going to be so much better. Yeah. And three, I mean, why give them your power? You know, why allow them to affect your day and your experience and your emotional state? So you got a choice. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Don't let their bad day become your bad day. So we touched on a lot of important things, connection and community and continued growth and learning and authenticity and vulnerability. I guess the last question that I would have for you to kind of wrap it up is what is the best piece of advice, the best book that you've ever read, best thing you've ever heard that kind of helped align things or shake things up for you in your own life? I had two different books at two different eras of my life. When I was younger, there was this book called The Radical Leap. And that was very powerful. It's a book on extreme leadership. Um, And his points are around cultivating love, uh, generating energy, inspiring um, audacity, and then providing proof. So, and that's what he says is is making that radical leap into into strength and leadership. So anyways, that's a really good one. But that was in my 20s. And when I was, I think, truly deciding who I wanted to be on a regular, consistent basis, how I wanted to show up and who I wanted to be for those around me. But recently, in the past few years, I got hooked on this book called The Energy Bus. And the author is John Gordon. And he, it's this story of this man who has just hit a massive slump. And I'm sure you guys have read it. I'm sure a lot of people have read it because it's, it's very powerful. But I recommend it to everyone, um, old and young, because it allows you to identify with this man and what he's going through. And then you can constantly go back to it in your life and be like, oh, don't want to be a George, you know? <laughs> so, and you think about the lessons that he's taught throughout this book. But it has so many strong points about energy vampires, people that choose to suck the energy from you and how joy can be infused into both your personal and professional environment and inviting people to join your personal energy bus. So if you choose to have um, an energy bus that is positive and that is motivating and that is full of optimism and hope and productivity, you invite the people around you to get on with you, you know, so it gives them the opportunity to live out those same values and those same priorities. But it's, it's a really good one. But it, it goes through this man and his daily life. And you know, his car broke down. So he had to take the bus every day. And anyways, <laughs> so Kailani, if, if anyone wants to join your bus of positivity and joy and gratitude and light, how do they find you? So I write personal articles on KailaniJoy.com. And then for any marketing or communications or just simple project needs from the professional side, it would be inspiritglobal.com. And then for anyone looking to find a cause or a project or, you know, an item to purchase that gives back, or if they have a company that they know of that should be represented or 
should have a light shine on it. Uh, that would be inspiritglobal.org or just send me a note. I'm, I would love to hear from people with suggestions. Awesome. We will include those in the show notes as well as your bio and anything else that you want to throw in there. And so we just want to thank you for being here. I have had a ton of fun um, getting to know you and also sharing your message and some of the wisdom that you had for everybody today. So I just wanted to thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. Yes. Thank you so much, Kailani. You're amazing. Can't wait for the next time. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.